What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The general election is 14 weeks away. Governor Gretchen Whitmer is sure the battle with Republican nominee Tudor Dixon will be tough. We cannot understate how stark the difference is. But we, in this room and across our state, are working to make sure that Michigan continues moving forward. She made comments Wednesday night at the Charles Wright Museum in Detroit. Whitmer says she's expecting the ugliness of the Republican primary will continue. Kevin Whiteford says he's looking forward to a spirited campaign for Michigan House in the 38th District. Whiteford won the Republican primary for the State House this week. He tells us one of his top priorities in Lansing is to help seniors. They deserve a break. I think we should not be looking at just pensions, but we should be looking at all retirement income of any senior with regards to not allowing them to pay income tax on any of it. Whiteford says that he also wants to reduce the income tax. Last year in 2021, if you look at the budget and you look at the numbers, you'll find that the state of Michigan raised almost $400 million in marijuana sales tax and internet sales tax. And why in the world would we not lower the income tax by $400 million? Whiteford says he's a Republican, but he's willing to listen to anyone. He says the extreme parts of both parties focus on divisive issues, but there are priorities on which everyone can agree. Another of his goals is to strengthen small business. He'll face Democrat Joey Andrews in the November election. A pawpaw man is facing federal charges for setting fire to a planned parenthood clinic in Kalamazoo. U.S. Attorney Mark Totten says 25-year-old Joshua Brereton is charged with arson and faces up to 20 years in prison. On July 31st, police received a report of a fire at the planned parenthood facility. It was put out, and a subsequent investigation included a review of surveillance footage. That showed a man, now identified as Brereton, a breaching a fence and setting fire to the bushes outside the building, then lighting a fireplace starter log and throwing it on the roof. He then ran. The U.S. attorney says the complaint alleges that about an hour before setting the fire, Brereton bought torch fuel, a Duraflame starter log, and a utility lighter from a Walmart and Pawpaw. Authorities also say prior to the fire, Brereton posted a YouTube video calling abortion genocide and encouraging others to, quote, step out of your comfort zone in the fight. There were no injuries in the fire, and the building suffered minor damage. With the Federal CHIPS Act now signed into law by President Biden, Congressman Fred Upton says shortages that the nation has experienced with a variety of products could be prevented in the future. The legislation provides billions of dollars in incentives to U.S. manufacturers to make semiconductor chips. Upton says domestic production of chips has dropped in recent years. It's been taken up by the Chinese and Taiwan, other countries around the world. And we need these chips. Uh, We need them for autos. We need them for appliances. uh, We need them for phones. Literally, you drive by any car dealership these days and you'll see that the lot's pretty empty. It's not because they're selling a lot of cars. It's because they can't get them because even though they're being manufactured, they're not complete. They need the chips. Upton says he's heard from the chairman of Intel that the company, with a boost from the federal government, would invest billions in chip production in the Midwest alone. The CHIPS Act allocated $52 billion for the development and manufacture of semiconductor chips in the U.S. 
The Kresel Art Center is preparing to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Sculpture and UCs by Richard Hunt, rising from the South Pier at Silver Beach County Park. And UCs stands nearly 50 feet tall. It's made of stainless steel and has endured the wind, waves, and lake spray for two decades now. The sculpture uh, greets guests of St. Joe by land and water, and the Krasil calls it public art at its finest. There will be a party at the Shadowland Pavilion in Silver Beach County Park to mark 20 years of the iconic sculpture on August 23rd from 5 p.m. to sunset. That day will be 20 years since the original dedication ceremony of And You Sees. The party will include art making, poetry, a live steel drum performance, boat rides, refreshments, and a special announcement. Artist Richard Hunt will take part in the festivities, and several guest speakers will share stories behind the sculpture. The Van Buren Conservation District has made up for lost time with its annual meeting and picnic. It was held at Wolf Lake State Fish Hatchery on Wednesday, and they named Conservationists of the Year for 2019, 2020, and 2021, as well as the 2021 Farmer of the Year. The organization was unable to host its previous meetings due to the COVID pandemic, but says it was thrilled at this year's turnout. Deputy Administrator Emily Hickmod tells us about 150 people showed up, including State Senator Eric Nesbitt, who presented special tributes to the award winners. It was really nice to bring folks together that we hadn't seen in a while and just really celebrate all coming out of the worst of the pandemic together and still continuing conservation work during that time and even growing programming, not just at the Van Buren Conservation District, but with all of our partners as well. Conservationists awarded were Phil Hover, Dr. Susan Matthews, and Two Rivers Coalition. Kohlberg Family Farm was named the Farmer of the Year. To read, find out more about the event, you can go to our website. And we're not even done with summer yet, but the forecast for this winter in Michigan is already out. The Farmer's Almanac says the prediction is for unreasonably cold and plenty of snow. AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore says it's not going to be fun. There are signals, friends, that we could have another repeat of that 2013-14 uh, winter where we just got onslaughts of Arctic air coming in from the north. And so there is some validity to that. He says that the Farmer's Almanac jokes the real shivers may send people into the Great Lakes states in the hibernation. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. A major announcement was made during the first meeting of the White House Task Force on Monkeypox held today. A public health emergency on the federal level now declared. More from ABC's Michelle Franzen. Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra announcing the U.S. is declaring monkeypox a public health emergency. We're prepared to take our response to the next level uh, in addressing this virus. And we urge every American to take monkeypox seriously and to take responsibility to help us tackle this virus. The move frees up additional resources for vaccines, treatments, and tracking, and it follows states like California, Illinois, and New York issuing their own public health emergencies in the battle. Of the more than 6,600 monkeypox cases in the United States, a quarter of them are in New York, so the mayor considers the city to be the epicenter of the country's outbreak. The city is opening thousands of new vaccine appointments with priority given to those seeking a first dose. But the Biden administration is facing calls to do more, including invoking the Defense Production Act to increase supply and access to monkeypox vaccines, which lag far behind the demand. ABC's Aaron Katursky. I'm Michelle Franz in ABC News. 
China says it's conducted precision missile strikes in the Taiwan Strait as part of military exercises by its Navy, Air Force, and other departments in six zones surrounding the island. Japan says it protested to China after five of the missiles landed inside its exclusive economic zone. The drills were prompted by a visit to the island by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi this week. They're intended to advertise China's threat to attack the self-governing island republic in response to moves to solidify its de facto independence from Chinese rule. Taiwan has put its military on alert and staged civil defense drills, while the U.S. has several naval assets in the area. FBI Director Christopher Wray testified before Congress today. He told lawmakers the agency faces a wide range of challenges, including an increase in gun violence and domestic violent extremists. Wray also was asked about the ongoing investigation into the January 6th Capitol attack. Taking questions from the Senate Judiciary Committee, FBI Director Christopher Wray saying there's one main concern he hears from local law enforcement nationwide. Rising violence in their communities. Lawmakers also asking Wray why an estimated 350 people tied to the January 6th Capitol attack have yet to be charged. I have to be a little bit careful what I say here, but we are continuing to develop some of the more complicated parts of the investigation in terms of conspiracy charges and that sort of thing. Jake O'Brien, ABC News. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban is in the U.S. to speak to one of the nation's largest gathering of conservative activists. The autocratic leader has a headline spot today at the Conservative Political Action Conference in Dallas. His visit to Texas comes barely a week after a new outrage flared back home over a speech in which Orban railed against Europe becoming a mixed-race society. One of his closest associates compared those comments to Nazi rhetoric and resigned in protest. Orban has consolidated power in Hungary in a way that has led some observers to label him as the face of a new wave of authoritarianism. A Russian court has sentenced WNBA star Brittany Griner to nine years in prison. More from ABC's Ines de la Quatera. A Russian court finding Brittany Griner guilty of drug smuggling and possession charges and sentencing her to nine years in prison. Griner had pleaded guilty to carrying hashish oil in her luggage after she was arrested at the Moscow airport back in February. The U.S. has offered to trade both her and former Marine Paul Whelan for notorious arms dealer Victor Boot, who's been in U.S. custody. Russia had indicated it wanted to wait for Griner's trial to wrap before seriously negotiating. In Esdalekwatera, ABC News, Paris. Autopsy results say three family members killed during a shooting last month at an eastern Iowa state park were shot, stabbed, and or strangled. The Iowa Department of Public Safety says in a news release today, 42-year-old Tyler Schmidt died from a gunshot wound and multiple sharp force injuries, while his wife, 42-year-old Sarah Schmidt, died from multiple sharp force injuries. Officials say their six-year-old daughter, Lula Schmidt, died from a gunshot wound and strangulation. All three family members' deaths have been ruled murders. The department confirmed the killer was 23-year-old Anthony Sherwin of La Vista, Nebraska, who died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The family was attacked July 22nd in their tent at a state park campground. There's been another update from President Biden's doctor as he continues his COVID isolation. More from Karen Travers. President Biden again tested positive for COVID-19 Thursday morning. This is his fifth full day of isolation with a rebound case of COVID after taking the antiviral drug Paxlovid. The president's physician, Dr. Kevin O'Connor, writes in a letter released by the White House that Mr. Biden feels, quote, very well. And though he's still experiencing an occasional cough, it's improving. Dr. O'Connor says the president's temperature, pulse, blood pressure, respiratory rate and oxygen saturation are entirely normal and his lungs are clear. The president will continue to isolate. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. 
Jurors in the trial of the Florida school shooter Nicholas Cruz have toured the still bloodstained building where he murdered 17 people four years ago. The 12 jurors and their 10 alternates were bused to Parkland's Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School on Thursday, along with the judge, prosecutors, and Cruz's attorneys. Cruz was not there. The area was closed off to keep protesters away and protect the jurors' safety. The three-story classroom building was sealed after the Valentine's Day 2018 shooting. The floors remain bloodstained and the walls bullet-pocked. Rotted holiday flowers and deflated balloons are in some of the rooms. The jury will decide if Cruz is sentenced to death or life without parole. And a Buffalo man was arrested today for using Twitter to threaten black shoppers at grocery stores in Buffalo two days after the racially motivated shooting at the Tops. More from Aaron Katursky. Two days after a gunman shot and killed 10 black people at the Tops on Jefferson Avenue in Buffalo, federal prosecutors said 24-year-old Rolique Walker created a Twitter handle that he used to threaten black shoppers at other Buffalo supermarkets. Walker is now charged with making an interstate threat, which carries a maximum sentence of five years. Using an app he thought would keep his identity secret, court records said Walker created a handle that referenced the hometown of the mass shooter. Walker's post said he and his associates were targeting several stores in the Buffalo area and were only looking to kill blacks. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.